Hi, this is Jay Farner, CEO of Rocket Mortgage. Making the right financial decisions has never been more important. We can help guide you to those right decisions now when they matter most. Mortgage rates are near historic lows. So when you call 8338-ROCKET or visit us at rocketmortgage.com to start your refinance, you'll be well on your way to saving money every month. The rate today on our 30-year fixed rate mortgage is 3.375%, APR 3.59%. Right now could be a great time for you to take some positive financial steps forward with a cash-out refinance from Rocket Mortgage, which could give you the boost that you're looking for. In addition, we may be able to help you refinance with little or no out-of-pocket costs. At Rocket Mortgage, we're committed to every client, every time, no exceptions, no excuses, giving you the best mortgage experience. Call us today at 8338-ROCKET or go to rocketmortgage.com to learn more. Rates subject to change. Pay 1.875% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a relationship expert, executive consultant, and life management coach. Cynthia Hyatt uses her 30 years of experience as a licensed psychotherapist to now offer in-office or concierge services through executive life coaching, consulting, and image management in order to help you be your own best version. Cynthia also specializes in speaking to groups worldwide about how to be successful in relationships, as well as artfully handling life's challenges. She has had many opportunities to present numerous educational seminars and lectures on a variety of motivational, inspirational, and mental health topics around the world. Please take a moment to visit her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's Cynthia, H-I-E-T-T dot com. Her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated for current events, updates, and inspiration during your week, as well as all social media platforms. You can hear this show as a podcast on iTunes and many other podcast services. Follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Now, with today's fresh insight, here's Cynthia Hyatt. Well, good afternoon. I am Cynthia Hyatt, and thank you so much again for joining me this Sunday. And I hope your morning went well, and that this is a great way to start your week off. And we have a really amazing guest today. I'm very thankful that God has given us some of these wonderful men of God that have these great callings on their life and are really changing the world. And today we have Ron um, Smedley, who is in charge of Mission Recovery, and really works with churches on opiate addictions and truly all other addictions as well. But, Ron, thank you so much for being with us today. Good afternoon, Cynthia. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to be with you. I'm honored to talk about our cause, and I pray that the sun would would shine upon the valley of the sun today. (laughs) Thank you. Well, we appreciate that. You know, we do have a lot of sun, and we need more of the sun, that's for sure. Yeah, I love to play golf in Phoenix when I get a chance. Uh, oh, absolutely. So, enough, honestly. so does my husband. You'll have to give us a call when you're in town. Absolutely. Okay, so we have, you know, this Mission Recovery is quite an amazing organization that you've created. Can you just kind of give us the backstory of how this all emanated? Sure, I'd be glad to. It's exciting because little old me, I had no idea what God had in mind for such a time like this. I've been a pastor for over 20 years, and then I really felt compelled of the Lord to move outside the four walls of the church 
and so I became a parole officer with the state of Texas. And after a few years of doing that, I also became a caseworker uh, with Child Protective Services. And it really opened my eyes to see how pervasive the problem of addiction in all forms, uh, its stranglehold upon lives and destroying of families. And so some of my partners that we've been working with for causes to, to advocate for thought it would be very um, uh, beneficial for me to come on board because I have a balanced view of both secular and Christ-centered recovery and to be a voice to pastors and churches of what I think, Cynthia, frankly, is the most relevant need in our nation. It's of epic proportions, and when you start thinking about all the addictions besides just the ones that get all the glory, alcohol, uh, illicit drugs, and opioids, and all over the other forms, uh, and now we're in the pandemic, which has made it even worse. So our vision is to just come along and tell pastors and churches how they can really make a difference in this issue. Well, I'm really impressed and, and very thankful because I don't think people really understand if they haven't, if their lives haven't been touched by an addiction or if they don't have a propensity for one, it's hard to grasp the power of an addiction and, and how Satan really gets his clutches in people and the amount of lying that goes on to the person in their own mind and how they lie to themselves, how they lie to others, which then kind of foments the addiction itself, and it makes it even worse. And so you're having to cover up lie after lie after lie, and it is quite the trap. And opioids are one of the worst, that is, that's for sure. Well, absolutely. And the stats, uh, there's, there's many variables, and, and, and the, the renowned agencies in our nation all agree that there's between 21 to 23 million people who have some form of addiction. Again, I always like to think about you can be addicted to eating, you can be addicted to gambling, you can be addicted to video games. And so when you start adding that, I think it's even more pervasive. And what people don't really think about, uh, again, opioids gets a lot of glamour. I'll talk more about that here in just a minute. But the pain and the emotional issues behind it, Cynthia, uh, you're a counselor. Many times people are trying to avoid pain and uh, they're seeking pleasure other than ways that God has. And then... I think you mentioned it earlier. Another thing that people don't think about, Cynthia, is the affected family members uh, who are seeing their loved one devastate their lives and their family's been torn apart. And frankly, 180 precious souls every day died of some form of addiction. So opioids is physical pain and all the other forms of addiction. In all my 22 years of experience, people are trying to escape some form of emotional pain. I'm, well, you're so right when it when it comes to that, and I think this is one of the, the at least the good things that is happening is that more information is being disseminated about addiction, so some of the stigma is taken off of it. But ne- the stigma will always be there. There will always be great shame with addictions, and that shame produces more of a tendency to addict. And it's so we I deal with that every day. It's yes, an issue yes. With- yeah. So how do, how how do you help these individuals? Do you, do they do you have a, a process that you go through, or do you do groups, or what? How how do you do this? Well, our primary vision is to talk about the cause and okay. to get people to understand the cause, and then to equip pastors. And one of my passions, Cynthia, is also to help family members because. When I was working as a social worker, I used to get the calls every day from another devastated family member who's at their wit's end. 
and uh, not knowing what to do. They don't know the difference between enabling and tough love. And so my vision was to put on our website a toolkit for pastors, kind of a step-by-step, all the way from how to create a culture and opening your doors and dealing with these issues to messages that you can preach, and then a step-by-step for families uh, just to point them in the right direction because they many times don't know what to do. Oh, that's amazing. What, what, tell, tell the listeners your website, because I think that would be really helpful for people to know and be able to take advantage of it. Well, absolutely. Let me, and I don't want to confuse your listeners, but we actually have two different <laughs> okay. arms of our ministry. One is uh, every last Sunday in September, we have Recovery Sunday. And so recoverysunday.com, and if you want to check that out, you can see what we did on Recovery Sunday. And I especially refer the pastors there, because if a pastor will go to Recovery Sunday, even though we just had the event on September 27th, we have, a, we have a kit that we'd be glad to send the pastors who want to partner with us. And then my website for the year-long uh, ongoing ministry of support, is it has a double meaning, Mr. Healing, Mr. Healing, or mrhealing.org, permissionrecoveryhealing.org. Oh, that's great. And we great. have uh, a toolkit there. That's awesome. So, what? How? How did? How did you come to begin this process? You've been a pastor for forty years, right? That's correct. Almost. So. I, I always say, Cynthia, I started in <laughs> kindergarten. That's awesome. So, how how did how did this process happen for you with with God and and you know that that's it's interesting to take this on, especially if you aren't. Usually, we have people that are in recovery that start programs like this. Yeah, you're right. Actually, people that are in recovery, they get. Uh, they look at me quizzically many times because they say, <laughs> how can you understand this when you've never been there yourself? But, you know, I, I think anybody that has a sin pattern has an addiction. But regardless, one of the things that I, I did back in the early 90s, Cynthia, is I started, I call it the management by walking around. And so I started getting outside the walls of the church. And, and frankly, this issue is in the church, too, but it's just not talked about. But uh, I, I began to start God began to really work in my heart to really start addressing relevant issues uh, that people are struggling with, you know, issues of depression, issues of addiction, issues of marriage and family. And so my philosophy of ministry was to preach the gospel uh, and preach the word according to relevant needs, the the things that people are struggling with, and then subsequently to develop ministries to help people. Jesus can touch us very deeply, and he gives us all that we need, but it also is very important when we have a community who can help us in our daily walk. So that's how it evolved back in the 90s. I I was one of the first pastors in the Dallas-Fort Worth area to start uh, support groups for people struggling with alcohol and drugs. Oh, that's that's phenomenal, and and it can also be kind of exhausting and wearing, because this is these are hard issues to work with, and I know that, you know, if you don't have the support for yourself, that can also become very overwhelming. Absolutely, because the need is so great. It's kind of like Jesus said; he saw them helpless and harassed. And frankly, one of the things I've learned to do, Cynthia, is I have to unplug and make sure that I manage my private life and my spiritual life, and I spend time refreshing and uh, and resting so that I have the energy to see this thing that God has called me to to, the, to completion. However, it is draining and taxing and messy, but it's, it's probably some of the most rewarding uh, ministry I've ever done because, frankly, we get to see lives transformed and families restored every day. I think it's uh, it's phenomenal. You have some some statistics here 
Let's say, according to the Addiction Center, we have 2 million Americans have opioid addictions. And between 1999 and 2017, more than 700,000 Americans died from overdosing on that. And 400 of them, more than half, died of the opioid overdoses. So, and I think he said Life Research had really polled about 1,000 Protestant pastors about their personal connections to the opioid epidemic, and 52% of them had some experience with it. That's correct. And again, think about all the other forms of addiction. That's just the opioids. And like I said, 120 souls of that you you hit the overall mm-hmm. uh, overarching statistics, but 120 per day. But listen to this, Cynthia. When we when we started the shutdown back in March, the stats grew exponentially. And, uh, they did a study and 24 percent increase in uh, March of um, 34 in in April. And as of as of May, forty nine percent. Let me say that again: forty nine percent of the already epic uh, over, overdose death has increased forty nine percent because of this uh, this oh COVID goodness. epidemic. And so, again, the churches and pastors can make such a difference here because we can provide people with compassion and community and education as well, without shame. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, we're and coming. It goes, goes a long way when a pastor, a shepherd will stand up and say, we hear your cries, and we want to address people will come because they feel hurt. You mentioned earlier, people feel stigma, and they don't always feel comfortable in, in oh, churches. Oh, my goodness. Ron, we're at the end of this segment, so hang on to that thought. Listeners, make sure that you join us in this next segment with Pastor Ron Smedley as we talk about the epidemic of opioid addictions and all others that we have in the United States right now. Welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. If you're just tuning in, we have Pastor Ron Smedley from Dallas-Fort Worth area, and he has um, a national program for addictions, especially for pastors, but also for any any of the people that the pastors the pastors are pastoring. And so I like the, the um, construct that he has and the passion that he has. And we were kind of talking off air a little bit about the fact that so many people come to their pastors first with this problem and that pastors so oftentimes are, are ill-equipped. So tell us a little bit more about that, Ron. Yes, I'm a pastor myself, and a lot of times we don't feel adequately trained about we may know theology and dispensationalism, but we don't always feel adequately trained to, to deal with some of these real-world issues. And and what we have found over the years is 80% of hurting people, either the individuals or the families, come to churches or pastors first, and many times pastors feel totally overwhelmed because they don't know what to do. So what we've done, Cynthia, is we have developed a program. I partner with a, a, a two ladies who are very powerful, passionate ex-victims, mm-hmm. and we have combined together with a program called Recovery Strategies for Life. And what I like about this program is many of your listeners and pastors may be familiar with Stephen Artiburn and David Stoop's program, Life Recovery, which I have started many of those myself, as well as everyone's probably familiar with Celebrate Recovery. Absolutely. I'm also a there, and those are great programs. But what I really love about ours, uh, Cynthia, is it's very self-contained um, and so it's very easily, uh, if a person in your church, and quite frankly, my 
my experience is about 30% of people in your church, if you think about the individuals that are struggling and their family members, if you can get some like-minded people to, on an ongoing basis, have some support and community. And we have a 52-week program uh, that uh, videos, 30-minute videos, and we have downloadable PDF worksheets. And it's amazing to see God step into the room, Cynthia, when people who are struggling with these issues. And what I really love about it, because I was a parole officer and I I used to spend a lot of time in in secular treatment at the Salvation Army and places like that. But what I really love about our program, Cynthia, is it gets down to the roots of the pain. Uh, It gets down to the roots of whatever the struggle is. And, you know, it's so spiritual because Jesus said he came to bind up the broken heart and set people free. So we have this program for pastors that they, if they're too busy, they can take someone in their church that may have a vision for this or has been affected by it and get people together. And you can take us, you can take the step of both saying, Hey, we hear your cries and we want to do something. And we're there to help you with this program. So we want you to check it out on our website at mrhealing.org. Uh, that's that's phenomenal. Uh, so, when you when you're talking to these pastors, when you're you know setting up these programs, how how does it look? Fifty two weeks is wonderful because that's a full year, which is what addictions generally take. If you're going to really have success with with the overcoming them, what we want to do is it's it's to complement Recovery Sunday. Uh, that's a nationwide movement that we've done for three years and. Through, through media and uh, social, social media promotion and broadcasts like yours, Cynthia, we've tried to reach over 250,000 churches. And what we say is, if you can just take this day and set it aside, and if a pastor's listening there, uh, go to our website and just take a Sunday and designate it to this relevant need and say, we hear your cry, we know your struggle, and we want to give you biblical hope, and we want to give you the compassion of Jesus. And what our program is, is to, uh, designed for is to help those pastors when they see the respondents, when they see the seekers who come and uh, want help, that we don't just leave them hanging, but they can take our program and follow up and have a very cutting-edge ministry. And what's really exciting is people from the community will start coming. I've grown two of my churches exponentially because we've started addressing these needs, and someone gets recovered, uh, restored, and then they tell someone, and they tell someone, and and so it's just it's a great uh, program for outreach. It's a great program for harvest. Oh, I think that's wonderful because, you know, one of the hardest things is that people can feel so overwhelmed about addictions and not know how to handle it. And, you know, if you don't have good, you know, structure and some understanding, you know, I know some people have been really hurt by trying to help people with addictions. And so I think it's wonderful to have, you know, this entire program that, is, that you can kind of step into and use as, as a way to maneuver through this process. Yeah, let me address one other important thing. <clears throat> um, most most uh, addicts, only 10% have res- resources available. So think about that. Wow. A, mm, my as goodness. A, as a parole officer, my caseload, 80% of the people that needed help couldn't get it. Think about it. They don't have money. They don't have insurance. So imagine what the churches can do. One of our campaigns is to get every church in America to take at least one person who needs recovery and sponsor them because there are so many faith-based recoveries and Christ-centered recovery centers out there, and people are not able to go. And so our passion is because uh, as pervasive as the problem is, about 68% of most churches don't have any ministry. So 
you can start this program and you can you can sow into lives by helping people get into recovery. Well, and I think it's so important, the spiritual aspect of it. I know that AA was one of the first ones, you know, those the founders of AA really understood that the spiritual aspect of an addiction and of self-medicating and, and all that goes with it. And so when, when we are wanting to help people with addictions, knowing that we are Christ-centered, means that we're not the only ones helping the addict. We are introducing them to truly the, the, the true healer so that we don't have to bear the burden completely of, of the healing of these people. Absolutely, and I make no apologies because I spent 12 years as a social worker and I spent a lot of taxpayers' money to send people to treatment who, right. first of all, don't really want, to, don't want, really want treatment, and secondly, <laughs> doesn't really do with the roots. And so we make no apologies that we can give them the transforming power of Jesus Christ to touch them deeply. And then we also can give them community to help them in their daily struggles and renew their mind and disciple them. Because there is such great research that indicates, <clears throat> excuse me, that indicates that the spiritual, the spirituality issue is really the only way to truly recover from addictions and to stay in recovery. Absolutely. And you hit it earlier, uh, the early days of recovery, it was rooted in the Word of God and the Lordship mm-hmm. of Jesus. Mm-hmm. So, and, but then you also have the spiritual aspects about sin deviating from the will of God and also the power of Satan to enslave. So we have to meet spiritual needs with spiritual answers. That's right. And, and one of the things that, that really is an imperative when we look at the spirituality issue is understanding that addictions steal identity. And, and people just don't even know themselves anymore or have any worth and value. And so I'd like us to talk a little bit more about that in the next segment because we're coming up on the half hour here. And, you know, a, a lot of – I like what you say in, in, in part, of, part of your website about addictions are no respecter of persons. And I think that would be really important for us to talk about that no matter what one's race, one's gender or economic status, that the, the – the, the Bible is truly eloquently so clear about Satan prowls around like a roaring lion sinking anyone that he can devour. And you've seen people's lives devoured. Absolutely, every day. But we also see the transforming power every day, too. And that's, I think that's, I think that's the miracle. So um, we have about 30 seconds. Let people know, if they can't listen to the rest of this half hour, how to get a hold of you. You can go to the website, MR. Mr. Healing, mrhealing.org, my email and my program director's email, and we would love to partner with you uh, and help any way we can. Thank you so much, Ron. Make sure you stick with us for the next segment, listeners. Well, thank you for joining me today. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and you're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Make sure if you are just tuning in that you can go to any of the podcast servers, your favorite podcast server, and just look up Cynthia, Conversations with Cynthia, CWC, and you can find all the shows um, that all through the years that we have done. And they have titles, so you can look for specific content that you want. And I appreciate so much you listening and sending these to your friends and encouraging people to join in this process of really being the best version of you, not the best version the world wants or the version that your family wants, 
but really truly the version that God has ultimately designed for you to be and to walk out on this earth. So we have uh, Pastor Ron Smedley, and he is in charge of Recovery Sunday, and he does all kinds of recovery uh, processes in in different churches and setting up programs. And so I, I wanted him to tell us maybe one of the stories that he has over the years of working with this program. Yes, actually, to be frank, that's what gets me out of bed every morning because these stories are, are very powerful, and there are so many. I mean, you see marriages restored uh, when uh, things are begin to be talked about in deep-rooted pain. We have one of the cool things is we've had offenders who have been three-, four-time offenders uh, come uh, to our church and get totally changed so much that people can't believe uh, this is the same person, but the one I, I thought I might tell because of it's related to what we talked about earlier is some stigma because you never know who's sitting on the pew with you or the, on the, uh, in the church with you. And uh, one of my friends was in high, uh, had a professional job as a nurse, very high-paying job, and uh, she was uh, tragically in an accident and, and injured her back and uh, went, like so many of us, do nowadays go to a doctor and then they prescribe these opioids and if your listeners don't know what opioids are they are the ingredient in most of the popular pain medications and what they do is they block and numb pain and they give a sense of euphoria so the problem is they're highly addictive and they have a propensity towards overdose and so my friend Deanna and that's her name she doesn't have any problems with us talking about her name because she feels no shame anymore because she's been miraculously set free and she wants to help others and she was prescribed two pills a day and uh, began to experience the euphoria and uh, tragically she began to take 24 pills a day and to support her habit and I also want your offender, uh, your listeners to know that many offenses of, of, of crime, to commission of crime, is under the influence of drugs or alcohol and That's to support right. a habit, which is another element that we can really help make a difference. But anyway, so she began to lie and she began to steal and she began to manipulate tragically from her employer. And what she really felt a sense of shame was, was uh, lying to her father and stealing checks from him to support her habit. And uh, her sister, believe it or not, cared enough about her well-being that she uh, turned her in, and she was lost her job, lost her license as a nurse, and went to prison for 15 months. After she got out of prison, she was on probation and was put in a facility here in East Texas and was there for 30 days. And in my opinion, that's not long enough because of the issues that we talked about earlier, uncovering pain and identity issues. And so she got high immediately again and began to use. But we, we have a phrase, Cynthia, we say, don't be a dope. When you get, when you get in addicted, and a lot of people are naive about this, they think people choose to get addicted. But when you choose to use any illicit substance or opioid, it takes control of your life, and the person is gone, and they're looking for hope. They're looking for freedom. And so where it always heads is we say, don't be a dope, death or prison eventually. And so right. she got to the place where she wanted to die, cried out to die. And that night she was going to kill herself. And she thanks God that a police officer pulled her over and showed compassion to her. And as he was showing compassion to her, she came to her senses. And uh, after 
after bonding out, her father said he would forgive her debt if she would go into Christ-centered recovery. That's why we love Christ-centered recovery, because it was there at a program I'm affiliated with where she met Jesus, and that was there where she began to have people love her where she'd never been loved before. She met Jesus Christ, and as she began to understand his grace, she began to open and uncover many deep-rooted issues in her, in her life, and she began to uh, let him begin to touch all those areas of pain. And she was miraculously set free. And you want to know what's really cool um, mm. is now, and this is what's really neat, because this is what God can do, can totally redeem and restore. She is now a licensed counselor at a prison, the actual prison where she spent time. And the prisoners talk about how that she walks in every day as a light. Oh, that is wonderful. Uh, that so really she, is. Well, we're, we're here great. at the end of this segment, so we have um, 15 more minutes with you. So, listeners, make sure that you listen to the rest of the show because this is some really important information for us as we walk out the life that God has given us. Welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me. I I hope that you've been able to listen to the first 45 minutes of this. If not, you can always go to my website at CynthiaHyatt.com and just hit the radio button at the top of the homepage, and it will take you to the most current show. You can listen to it from your computer. You can also go to your favorite podcast server, and you can find Conversations with Cynthia on all the major podcast uh, services that we have. So we have today with us uh, Pastor Ron Smedley, if you're just tuning in, and he has a phenomenal program that really helps churches create um, just resources and and a certain a, a program for anyone that is struggling with any type of addiction, and especially it's hardwired for pastors, which is nice, because there is so much stigma when it comes to an addiction, and we oftentimes think that we have to have some major, huge, big story as to why we became addicted, as if we have to justify, you know, that that we fell into this, and and what Jesus really understands is that. It's painful to live on earth. It doesn't matter whether you have intense trauma, if you have intense injury, if you come from a family of addicts, whatever it is, you can have what seems to be a perfect life and still fall prey to an addiction. And so it is so imperative that we have programs like this, and they are all over the United States that that Pastor Ron has has started and, and really helped churches build. So if you are pastors hearing this, I really want to recommend that you go to his website, that you get in touch with him and find out how he really has helped so many churches with the the individuals that are struggling and that are too afraid to tell someone that they are struggling. So, Ron, thank you again for being with us today. Thank you so much, and you did an eloquent job of of explaining that. And I I just want to just address all the pastors or anyone out there that has a family member or know someone that's struggling with an addiction, uh, a key understanding that I'd like for you to to understand, if I might, Cynthia. Well, yes, and we also want the pastors that, that are struggling with addictions as well, because they are the ones that really feel like they're not allowed to tell anyone. Man, I'm glad you said that, because of being a pastor myself, I've got a really good friend that's a pastor, and he's in recovery, 
and he lived in a secret for so long because who can a pastor go to? Right, so right. So one of the things that he says to me is, uh, going to recovery is the highlight of my week because it's there where I can really be me and I can really be real. And you know what's tragic about that statement, Cynthia, is the church should be that place. That's right. The church should be the ultimate support group. The church should be the ultimate hospital for the sick. And that's what I'm passionate about is to help save lives, the ones that Jesus came to save. And so I would like for your listeners and pastors out there to understand one key thing. And I use this a lot when I go around uh, speaking at different auxiliaries and clubs because people are many times look down their nose at someone who is struggling with some form of addiction. And I always say, you don't heal shame with shame. Absolutely. You have to to take shame off of people. Well, and, and you know, I want to say sometimes to people that have this kind of aversion to addictions, I want to say, you know, so maybe your addiction is pride. I don't know. (laughs) Absolutely. Yes, because it's like there is no one that has not fallen short of the glory of God. No one. That's right. And one of the things that I hear all the time, Cynthia, is people say it's a choice. And I get it because, but all of us make choices based based upon the fall. Or many times that's called sin. Sin is to deviate from any way from God's standard. So that touches all of us. But what I want them to really see is sometimes it's not a choice to be born into a dysfunctional family. Sometimes it's not a choice to be raped. Sometimes it's not a choice to lose your job or have a divorce. Sometimes it's not a choice to have depression and shame. Sometimes these choices uh, are, are not of their own, and so that's why people... Our catchphrase is, behind every addiction, there's some form of pain. And I have, I've done groups for 22 years, but if I'm, if I'm counseling an individual, the first thing that I say to them is, I'm going to make a comment, and I want you to tell me whether you agree or disagree. Behind every addiction, there's some form of pain. And I have never, <clears throat> pardon me, had one person hesitate. And what I'd like your listeners to know is that does not justify they're using that doesn't justify their stealing and they're lying but what it does is it helps us understand what the issue is well that, we, i think that's a good point i often tell clients i say you know an explanation is very different than an excuse and so the explanation helps us to understand and helps us a lot in understanding how we got where we are why it happened so that we can better understand how to stay free we 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 uh, developed our ministry because we deal with the reasons so that yes. they don't need to use anymore. And so self-medication is what a lot of people are doing, and they didn't choose it, and so they need help. They're addicted, and they've lost their sense of self, And but Christ came to set people free, and who the Son sets free is free indeed. And remember, when Jesus started his ministry, he said, the Spirit has anointed me to preach good news. If you're out there today, good news. If you'll lean into God today, he can touch you deeply. And then it says to bind up your brokenhearted and to set captives free. And if you're out there and you're struggling, not only will Jesus touch you deeply, set you free, forgive everything you've ever done, and make everything new, but he'll put you into a loving family of believers to help you when you're tempted, to help renew your mind. And when you're feeling down and blue, remember, here's a Garth Brooks line for you. When the whiskey (laughs) browns and the blues chase my blue... uh, a beer chases my blues away. You can have someone remind you who you are and that you're loved and renew your mind according to the Word of God. So pastors out there, we want you to 
help us and listen, pastors, especially now during this pandemic, because one of the worst things that's happened to people that are struggling with addiction and emotional pain is isolation. That is never good. It was not good before the pandemic, and it's made it even worse now. So, pastors, you can help us by providing community, whether it's online or preferentially, would it be live, to combat the social isolation that people are struggling with. Alcohol is up 25%, substance abuse is up 28%, and I said previously, overdose is up 49%. So, pastors, you can help them by providing them with the message. You can give them community. You can give them intensive mentoring, sponsoring, and discipleship. And what's really powerful, Cynthia, is the power of prayer. Whenever a person is struggling, whenever a person has a problem, a burden, or anxiety, you can bring the healing presence of Jesus into that with prayer, either for the individual or for the family member that's struggling. Well, I, I think that is so powerful, and especially really having pastors, I want pastors to hear that they don't have to be mental health care providers to be able to do this type of a program. And they don't have to be perfect themselves. And if they need to go through this program because they have addictions as well, you don't have to even tell people that you have it unless God has revealed to you that that would be helpful. I, I tell people many times, just because you have an addiction and have healed from it doesn't mean you have to go out and tell your story. That's something that the Holy Spirit inspires. And I, I think you would agree with me that if someone out there has had a bad experience in church or a bad experience in a, in a church recovery group, that doesn't mean that all the churches are, are going to be the same way. They need to keep trying. Don't you, don't you think they need to keep trying? Absolutely, absolutely. Again, sometimes they know not what they do. Sometimes right. they're not totally equipped and prepared, and then sometimes, you know, it's just it's uh, it's so messy, and people don't know what to do, and they say the wrong thing. And I remember a parolee that I had shortly after I, be- I left the pastorate and became a parole officer, and I was trying to get her to connect with a Christian community in our area, Dallas-Fort Worth. And I'll never forget, she looked at me and she said, why would I want to do that? Why would I want to go to a place where I'll feel better about my, uh, worse about myself than when than I do now? And that really, that really yes, hit me yes. eyes and said, oh, "Pastors, it doesn't take a lot of training to just open up your doors and welcome hurting people because these are the ones that Jesus came to seek and save." And so it goes a long way when a shepherd will stand up and create a culture and an environment to, to welcome people. And again, I say. Remove the stigma because you wouldn't put a stigma on someone that's taking blood pressure medication. Or that's right. You don't put a stigma on someone that's taking insulin. So in the same way, they didn't cho- they didn't choose that. And so we need to understand that issues of the soul and issues of the brain are just as just as important as issues of the biology or issues of the spirit. Right, because we're all we all are in fallen bodies, and how they have fallen is unique to each and every one of us. But it doesn't mean that there are some people that don't have fallen bodies. We're, none of us are perfect, and and I think it's really important for for pastors also to to not get maybe what we would say identity out of whether people are successful in recovery or not. All you're all God is asking us to do to offer the help and support. It still is up to the person whether or not they recover. So it doesn't mean that I'm a bad therapist if somebody doesn't recover. I just do the best that I can. 
And that's the only thing that God is asking me to do, is for me to show up and do what I can do. He has to do the rest. Absolutely. He is our recovery. That's right. <laughs> that's right. He touches us and he gives us his word and puts us in a community. And, you know, another thing that we've seen, Cynthia, even people that are struggling with chronic pain, it's amazing to see, see the stats that uh, what the church can do to help person deal with chronic pain other than just medication, prayer. Yes, uh, medicine, yes. You know, word, uh, giving them something to do, uh, giving them a sense of purpose uh, so that helps them manage it. And they may never fully get over the injury, but it it helps alleviate the pain. I, I think that is very wise. I think it's very important for people to understand that we can't get locked into just one way, that really what it is, is that the pastoring and ministering to people and doing church and loving humans really is sometimes our own unique way of doing it. And we all have something different to offer. But God doesn't want us to withhold what we have from the people that need it. That's correct. And another thing I could I would ask the pastors to think about, because I've been a parole officer and a pastor, and what we want to do is bring these two worlds together because all we want to do is see people helped. And the mental health professionals do what they do, and the doctors do what they do, and the church does what it does. And do not minimize the power of what the church can do, because the church has within it the resources to help in all of these issues. And I get excited about it, Pastor, because you can make a real difference. And I also want to say one other thing about that, uh, Cynthia, if I might. Yes. One of our one of our goals this year, uh, after Recovery Sunday, is to get churches all over the nation to find the Christian recovery centers in your neighborhoods. You can find those through law enforcement, district attorneys, the social workers, uh, child protective services, probation, parole. They can tell you where these Christ Center recoveries are, and you can support them because they don't always get government support, but they make a real difference, and many of them can't survive because they don't have anyone helping them. So imagine what we could do, the 80% of people that needed it. Churches would take one individual and sponsor them for Christ-centered recovery. And again, Pastor, we can help you start a Christ-centered recovery program. Anything that we can do to come along beside you to help throw these people that are dying a lifeline, we want to help. Thank you so much for for being on today, Ron. It has been very inspiring. And and I really hope, pastors, that many of you have heard that. And maybe God confirmed to you what Pastor Ron is saying, and that you really do need to step out and really step into some recovery programs for the people in your church, and to not let the enemy frighten you or shame you or tell you you're not good enough. So, Pastor Ron, we just really pray for you, and thank you so much for being with us today. It has been an honor to be with you, Cynthia, and thank you for allowing me to help share our cause. Thank you so much. We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach you, the listener, with ideas and insights on how you may not only improve your life, but have more successful and meaningful relationships as you become the best version of you. Cynthia is available as a keynote speaker or guest speaker for your corporate or spiritual events. Cynthia is able to customize a message for any audience attending a meeting, retreat, or conference. In addition to this, she oftentimes partners her messages with music as she is a singer and musician. Please contact her through her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. 
If you missed any part of this program, you can download the most current show from our website at CynthiaHyatt.com or hear a replay on your favorite podcast server. Please take a moment to visit her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated and leave your ideas and comments about today's show. Now, be your own best version. Be-